Now to a hit that you may have heard about, which topped the US Billboard charts and even found its way into the first Republican presidential debate. Working all day, overtime hours, for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me. That is Oliver Anthony's music hit, Rich Man North of Richmond. The track was uploaded to YouTube last month by the largely unknown singer from Virginia, and it took off as an angry cry against corporate and political elites, whilst also taking some shots at welfare recipients. Across the Atlantic, British folk singer Billy Bragg was watching with interest, and he's actually written a response to Oliver Anthony's song about the fallacy of the American dream, among other things. I think it's best that he explains all of this. It is a bit complicated and he's with us now. G'day, Billy. Hi, Hamish. How are you? Very well, thanks. How did you first hear about this song? Same as everybody else, really. I think when it kind of hit the headlines that uh, the song was gaining popularity, I, ch- I checked out the video. It looked like my kind of song is a kind of whiskery guy standing in the woods playing a resonator guitar. It's right up my street. And, you know, straight off the bat, you know, I've been working all day selling my soul for... Overtime hours for bullshit pay. This sounds like the sort of thing that Woody Guffrey would write. So I was totally on board with it. And then all of a sudden he kind of takes this kind of strange turn where he starts complaining about obese people on welfare. And then he suddenly pulls out this line that says, uh, if you're five foot three and 300 pounds, taxes oughtn't pay for your fudge rounds. Now, fudge rounds, I didn't know what they are, but I, I did a bit of... Um, Googling as you do, and they're, they're a kind of uh, they're a kind of biscuit um, in in the United States of America, and this kind of really brought me up short. I thought, well, what's the you know what's happening here? Because initially, you know, it sounds like a song about the you know what we refer to in in Britain as the deserving poor. You know, people who need a bit of help, who are working hard and paying their taxes, and all of a sudden he's pointing his finger at, uh, I suppose, what you might call the undeserving poor. He's making a distinction between people who are worthy of support from the state and those who aren't. And it's a really strange distinction because it seems he only wants to support working people who are over five foot six, slim, and don't have a sweet tooth. (laughs) Is it, from a musical point of view, is it a good song? No, no, not really. It doesn't have a kind of sing-along chorus. It doesn't have that kind of uplifting uh, uh, aspect to it that uh, you might put in a song because he just plays the same chords over and over and he just comes and goes for it. But that's a great old tradition. I'm not knocking it. It's a, it's a really good folk tradition. He's, he's really mined his material from the depths of the folk tradition. But it's just the weird references that he puts in that go contrary to the idea of helping people. You know, he talks about people uh, who are, uh, you know, out in the street homeless, People who are dying from um, overdoses of uh, opiates. I feel sure that he's not just bringing these images up just to make his song great. He's clearly suggesting, Im- implying that we should do something about this. But his answer to it seems to be cut taxes and uh, punch down on welfare recipients. And I don't think that's probably <laughs> probably not going to help him out very much. There's also a line in there which says, I wish politicians would look out for miners and not just miners on an island somewhere, which has been interpreted as some kind of reference to Jeffrey Epstein, possibly. Is there something particularly American about the worldview that's being expressed here, do you think? 
Well, in a country where uh, quite a large part of the population believe that President Trump won the last election, a conspiracy theory is never far away, is it? I don't think that was has anything to do with what he's talking about, really, frankly. You know, and again, it's another strange uh, piece of imagery uh, that he's brought into the song. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm sure he wasn't thinking that, um, you know, people on ABC Radio National will be discussing this a month after he's put it out. When he wrote the song, he's probably just thinking... Here's a few good lines. I'll chuck them in here and stick it on, stick it on YouTube. See what happens. And of course, now it's um, <clears throat> now it's under the microscope. Everybody's bringing their own meaning into it. It's, I think it's a bit of a lesson now. You have to be careful when you write songs that you don't give any hostages to fortune. That people can't take your lyrics and and take the wrong meaning. Because I don't think he um, Oliver Anthony is necessarily some kind of you know right wing zealot. I think he's. He's trying to make sense to the world the same as anybody else is, the same as I am when I'm writing songs. I just think he's he's going about it in a way that doesn't quite add up. Are you able to explain for us how it actually took off? Because he was virtually unknown. He'd never been on any chart. <laughs> and then suddenly he's at the top of the Billboard charts. How did the yeah. video take off? Why did it catch the attention of so many people? Well, I, I'd love to think it was because... Um, People in the United States of America are concerned about people who are working um, overtime hours for bullshit pay. But if you take out the references to punching down, you take out the um, references to miners on an island somewhere, I don't think this song would have flown. I think, unfortunately, those people who are steeped in the American culture wars, particularly those people um, on the far right side of that, saw an opportunity there to, uh, to provoke liberal opinion by making this song a hit. And he's kind of got swept up in that. I don't think he's very comfortable with that from some of the things he said um, subsequently. But I think really that's that's what it's really about. There was, there was another song um, earlier this year about um, uh, Try That in a Small Town, challenging uh, people to protest about inequality in a small town uh, in which the singer reminded them that he has his grandfather's gun. It was rather, uh, I found that quite a disturbing song, but I don't think Oliver Anthony was trying to do this. I think he was really trying to speak about the pain that people feel out in the, the rural areas where he lives. And, and the terrible irony is that people in rural America get much more welfare money spent on them than people in urban America because of subsidies to farming and because many of them are, are very old. Is there a risk that uh, we sort of miss, by, by allowing this to become such a politicised song, that we miss something about what is going on in middle America, rightly or wrongly, he's sort of described it the way he has. Clearly, there's a lot of disenchantment in America today. There is, and I think particularly for, uh, you know, young men who are trying to find employment, it's it's a similar story around the world. It's clear that our children's generation are not going to be as well off as we were. There's something fundamentally wrong with the way our our society is organised. But those problems are systemic. They're not the, prob- the the fault of people on welfare. I mean, many people in my country, I'm not sure what the percentages are in the United States of America, but the majority of people on welfare in my country are in work. You know, there's something fundamentally wrong with the, a system that allows, uh, that requires the government to top up people's wages. And I think Oliver Anthony was trying to talk about those things as well, perhaps not as explicitly as I might, but he was trying to get at that as well. What is really interesting about this is what you mentioned, that it was sort of picked up by people on the American right and not just pundits and commentators or or even supporters, politicians have taken up this song. And it was actually referenced during the recent Republican presidential debate, which was held 
and Wisconsin, I think it's also been pointed out, ironically, given that the name is of the song is Richmond, north of uh, Richmond, many of the politicians are themselves just that. But here's how it was referenced. So, Governor DeSantis, why is this song striking such a nerve in this country right now? What do you think it means? Our country is in decline. This decline is not inevitable. It's a choice. We need to send Joe Biden back to his basement and reverse American decline. How comfortable has Anthony Oliver been with the way in which the song's been used? I know he has since made some comments about seeing it referenced in the debates. Yeah, he seems to be... uh he seems to be rather disturbed by it. You know, um, very interestingly, I think one of the first things he said was that um, diversity is what has made our country great, which is our great strength, and that people should celebrate that diversity. That's not the kind of message that the sort of people that have been promoting his song uh, would support generally. And he did specifically say that he wrote the song specifically about the people, the kind of people that were in the um, Republican debate there. And and ironically, I mean, you know, Ron DeSantis, who you heard speaking there, the governor of Florida, he's right that it is a choice. You know, what happens to people like Oliver Anthony surely is a choice, that they're left on wages that, that can't really feed them, they're um, offered opiates instead of health care. I mean, these are all choices that, that society makes in the way that they vote for people. What prompted you to write a song in response? You could have just left it. I could have. And I probably would have, having read it and thought, oh, well, that's a bit out of order. But unfortunately, the Sunday before last, a Sunday afternoon, I was feeling a bit, uh, I was feeling a bit bereft. I'd just watched the Women's World Cup final and I was feeling a bit sort of, you know, you know that feeling, you know. Uh, and I needed cheering up. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to sit down and write. Everyone had gone out to the beach and I thought, I'm going to sit down and write myself a song and see if I can. I came up with that line, rich men earning north of a million. Uh, a couple of days before, and it was bumming around in my head, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to see if I can put this together and see how it works out. And, I, and amazingly, it came pretty quickly in less than about an hour. I had the song and the the, the lyrics. So uh, that that evening, I I recorded it on my uh, on my computer, the same method, the same equipment I'm using to talk to you now, and uh, uploaded it onto uh, YouTube and uh, and spread the word about it and uh, and let it go. And did Oliver Anthony get in touch with you in response? I mean, he's had 50 million views. I'm sure he's, he's totally swamped by people sending him stuff. So I don't, I don't expect him to get in touch with me. But it did get a quite a, a positive um, response from uh, quite a lot of people and some really angry American white men telling me that I've got bad teeth and if it wasn't for them, I'd be speaking German. <laughs> I had that for a few days on my socials. But, you know, you can't, you can't, <laughs> you kind of expect that, don't you? Do you think, though, that part of the challenge of our time is that a lot of the, I suppose, old solutions to things, the complicated solutions to things, as well as the simple ones, don't really work in the same way? Or or do you think perhaps that what this tells us is that, you know, those old lines of left and right just aren't really applicable in the way that they they once were? I'm not sure it's about left and right. I think more it's about um, how do you have some agency over your life? Does democracy give you uh, a sense that you are in some way in control or have some say over your life? And I think that's what we've lost. And obviously, if you're talking about accountability, well, one of the ways to have accountability in the workplace is to form a union. And that's what I'm suggesting in, in the song that I wrote. 
Uh, and it's it's had, as I say, a negative response from people in the United States of America, partly because, you know, the, the union laws in the United States of America make it so hard to organise. I mean, it's literally law that a company can close down rather than agree to a union. And if you, I don't know if you know, but there's been a huge uh, campaign trying to unionise Starbucks, the coffee chain in the US, and they have done that. Starbucks have closed down some branches in cities because they voted to form a union. So... The reason governments and corporations work so hard to stop unions being formed is because they know how powerful they can be. To, to that point, though, Billy, I suppose what I what I'm interested in about this, and maybe it, maybe this is the conversation we ultimately have about this song and the way it sort of all unfolded, is is that it does, I suppose, highlight who and what it is politically that's competing for the support of the the disaffected working class in America. That is something that is a bit different isn't it? You know, the whole message of of the Trumpian right in America is speaking very much to the same communities that perhaps once unions spoke to or or sort of more, more socialist left political leaders would have spoken to. They are true. But, you know, very interesting about Trump, for all his talk about it, he never repealed Obamacare. That, that remains the, the fundamental basis for millions of Americans to get to get real health care. And if you do happen to be in a union and you do pay your union dues, you can end up retiring not just with health care for yourself, but health care for your family as well. So I think these are these are practical responses. And I, I think when you write a song about a political issue, you, it shouldn't just be all negative. You should try at least to have some hint. You don't have to have solutions. None of us who write songs are here to solve society's problems. We're here to raise questions. But you should offer some possibility of redemption. And I'm afraid what, the thing that annoyed me most was that line, and you played a little bit at the end, you know, I wish I could wake up and it not be true, but it is. And that's it. That's it, mate. That's all you're suggesting. You wish you could wake up and it just go away. Brilliant. Not actually, I wish I could wake up with an idea that I could actually address this and I could, you know, get together with my my workmates or get together with my community and we could all come together and do something in the common good to actually affect the lives of ordinary working people. No. I wish I could wake up and it not be true, but it is. That's such a down line. Woody Guthrie would never write such a negative line as that. <laughs> Do you think this bloke received much money in the end for this? I hope so. I'll tell you what, I hope he gets a career out of it. I hope he's able to go out and make a living as a musician uh, for the rest of his days. But also I think, you know, he struck a chord there. He's got that attention. And as long as he th- he, he's clear about what he's saying and where he's coming from, He's writes some good songs. There are a couple of other songs of his I've heard. Uh, you know, he's he's pretty good at it. I mean, this is a, a salutary experience for him. But I hope that he comes out of it able to uh, stand up, tell his truth, whatever that truth is, make his point, and make a living doing it. Billy Bragg, thank you. Thank you, Hamish. Well, thanks to the Saturday Extra Team, team Belinda Summer, Isabel Summerson, Jesse Kay, and our audio engineer, Bethany Stewart. I'm Hamish McDonald. Thanks so much for your texts and your company on RN. And remember, you can always catch Saturday Extra on the ABC Listen app. I think the only way to go out is with Billy's song in response. His is called Rich Men Earning North of a Million. If you're selling your soul, working all day Overtime hours for bullshit pay Well, nothing's gonna change if all you do is Wish you could wake up and it not be true Join a union 
fight for better pay You better join a union, brother Organize today You'll see where the problem It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations, live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.